at Christmas, I received a book. Well, actually, I've received quite a few books. But one of the books I received um, was Taskmaster. <laughs> 200 Extraordinary Tasks for Ordinary People. Challenges for you today. And it it's based on the TV show, which is on Dave. And uh, it contains a number of things that are usually time-limited or uh, you have to do in a certain way, um, a timed activity against someone else, perhaps. Um, one of the first ones in the book is uh, to touch three different trees as fast as you can. Well, well, that's fine, but I read that task while I was sat on my bed and I didn't have any shoes on. So I had to run down the stairs and find something for my feet and out into the garden and touch three trees. But the very first task in the book uh, is one that you need a pen or pencil for. Um, and a blindfold, it says, if you don't trust yourself. Because the task is, with your eyes shut, draw a self-portrait. You have as long as you can keep your eyes shut for. Best likeness wins. Your time starts when you shut your eyes. Right, so now I've, I've not given you a pencil and paper tonight, but you can maybe try that one when you get home. You know, and then it can be your own personal private portrait, and you need not be embarrassed at what else. So um, I, I, I did this task. Um, with the nearest bit of paper. It suggests that you draw it in the book. It gives you actually a blank page for you um, to draw it on. Um, but I didn't, uh, I was kind of brought up that you don't really defile books. So, um, so I didn't like to do that. I grabbed the nearest bit of paper, which was an envelope from the Bible Society. How, uh, how ministerial of me. Uh, and, uh, and I drew a picture of myself. Um, now, actually, uh, I used to, uh, I get highlighted there because it's got a window in the envelope on the other side. Um, you, you can examine that later. I actually think that is better that I have done it with my eyes shut than if I had attempted to do it with my eyes open. My artistic skill leaves something to be desired. Uh, but it, it made me ponder uh, a little bit as to how we see ourselves and how others see us. Paul's letter to the Romans that we've read tonight talks of who as Christians we are. Who we were. And it sort of hints at who we are called to be. 
And it doesn't discuss those usual things about how we're made in God's image, that we have that ability to create and to draw lovely self-portraits. But it says we are people who are at peace with God. People at peace with God. Peace suggests that we are in more than an absence of conflict, but are a people who recognize God and have a positive relationship with him. If we think of nations who are at peace with one another, you know, they're not the same as each other, but yet they get along well. They might not like everything each other does, but yet they are not in conflict. There is something there. We have a positive relationship with God. But we might also know that God does not accept everything that we do. And we might not actually like everything that God does or doesn't do. Everything that God says and doesn't say. For example, we know that God can intercede. He can, by his great power, come and change things. But we might want him to change things in ways that God does not want to change. Or not at least in the way that we would hope. We normally think of that on a, on a scale of maybe somebody that we know that might need healing. But we can think of it on a global scale too. Cyclones are caused when, usually when sea temperature rises up to 28 Celsius. There was a large patch of the Indian Ocean that rose to a large temperature, and Cyclone Idai has devastated much of East Africa. And we might say, well, why, why didn't he cool the sea? Why didn't God in his great power cool the sea? But of course, we don't know what consequence that itself would have. And so we instead accept that God responds to the disaster by directing rescuers and speaking to our hearts as to how we might respond. And he diverts disaster in other ways too. Back in Genesis we see that Joseph, who has dreams that seem to put him in danger, is actually led to save his family from famine. 
God did not stop that famine (coughs) in Genesis, but moved people to respond in the right way. We also have to remember that God has entrusted humanity with stewardship of the planet. We have the ability to stop the increasing global temperature, to address the issue of rising sea levels, to reduce the risk of natural disaster that impacts millions of people. We long for God to act in response to our prayers. This God that we are in a peaceful relationship with But sometimes actions we must take are the response to our own prayers against those things happening in the future. Being at peace works the other way too. Paul tells us of who we had been. We had been God's enemies. But he chose to offer us a means of reconciliation. God chose to be at peace with us, although we were at conflict with him. He did not wait for us to stop sinning. He did not wait for us to stop attacking his ways. before he offered that peace to us. It would have been an incredibly long wait. But rather, in the depth of people's depravity, he sent Jesus into the world, his son. If the father had not done that, the separation and conflict would have continued until humanity utterly destroyed itself. Our sin and God's rightful wrath would have prevented anyone from entering into an eternity in God's presence. But in times of conflict and disagreement, if it's not going to be a fight until the death, it takes somebody to say, It's time for hostility to end. And quite often that has to be the stronger partner to offer a way out to the weaker. The omnipotent, awesome God Almighty who can do anything chose to reveal his peace and his love. And we must learn to respond likewise. In times of conflict, in times of disagreement, we need to learn to be the one that offers the olive branch, the one that speaks of peace. As I look at Parliament, 
I sometimes wonder how the logjam of Brexit will come to an end, how it will be relieved. And what it requires is personal sacrifice of individuals. Politicians must decide how the country is going to move forward. And it will only happen if someone of strong will for a particular position on either side says enough. And is willing to lay aside their personal long-held views to allow any movement to occur. By next weekend, we might be out of the EU. Or it may be mid-April. Or it might be in May. Or it may not occur at all. But for the sake of the future of the nation, it requires somebody to make that movement that requires Parliament to think of peace and of love and of working together. We are at peace with God. We were enemies. We got there to that positive position by God doing something amazing. What next? Paul looks rejoicing to the future. He looks at what God has already done. What God has done while we were sinners and how that love was revealed. And now that we're in relationship, how much more can we know that love? How much greater can things be? We currently still do wrong. Although we are at peace with God, there are still times that we sin. That we attack God's kingdom of righteousness, justice and joy. But he still continually offers love through Jesus. Bringing the forgiveness that we need on a daily basis. Bringing the promise of another new beginning. New every morning, the love of God. There will be a day in the future when Christ returns and every knee will bow before the Lord. And at that time, darkness and sin will vanish. The battle between God and evil 
will have ended with God seen by all to be triumphant the victory is already won but the battle still rages and when it comes to that time we might look at something like Brexit and consider it a petty issue simply piffle in the scheme of who God is and how great his love is his love for the whole world and at that time there will not be peace in the understanding that we have it now but a peace that is far beyond what we can currently comprehend a fully harmonious relationship with God where we delightfully are unstraying from the path of his ways at the moment we need that forgiveness In the future, we will have been forgiven and we will sin no more. We do not know when that return will be. Might be soon. Might be a long time yet. No one knows the time. But we must endeavour in the now, in this time when we are living in that peaceful relationship with God, to live as people of the future. Not people in silver spacesuits and fancy gizmos, but people of that time that will come. God's love has been poured into our hearts, Paul tells us. His love is within us. We are people of that kingdom that is here and is coming. And it is there by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us we have the spirit marking our hearts declaring who we are and equipping us to be the people that he wants us to be so with the spirit's strength we have to be people of love and peace People who reflect what God the Father did when we were in the depth of our depravity. People who turn the other cheek, as Jesus spoke of, who gave of themselves sacrificially. 
people who reflect the glory of Jesus who laid down his life for our sins. This is how we must be in the future. And it's who we must seek to be in the now.